The following episode contains major plot points that may spoil movies for some viewers. A spoiler warning is now in effect. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Abbey Normal Podcast. I'm your host Colin Bourne, blah blah blah. And I'm Aaliyah. Don't say blah blah blah. I'm sorry, I'm tired. I understand you're tired. I'm tired too. I had a very burnt out day. Yeah, because I mentioned a little bit, I think, in our last episode, you have been ongoing with a lot of stuff mm-hmm. lately. Yes. You've been constantly working, not just at the off, like, at your job, but you've been working out, getting in shape, and especially in time for the wedding. Oh, yeah, it's, it's wedding bod season, folks. Yeah. So, literally, not only that, but a couple months, like, for, like, I don't know, for a long time, I've always wanted to get in shape, but I always had these moments where I work out for so long... And then I stop longer. And I stop Mm -hmm. and I give up. So literally, and I'm tired of waking up every morning feeling like shit and eating the most shittiest food I've eaten. Mm -hmm. You know, so I'm just trying to stay away from all that for a while. So not for a while, but maybe for good. And I want to do that. And I've been doing really good buying better better foods, better um, vegetables, fruits, lean meats, basically going on a protein and fiber diet. Yeah. And, and I and I love that you have been part of your workout now is jogging with Lily. Honestly, I hate cardio. I hate it with a passion because when I would try to do it in the gym, I couldn't do it. It couldn't motivate me. It couldn't help me out. It wasn't good. But then Lily, she has so much energy for a tiny dog. Yeah, that, that's why. That literally, I see her have this energy and I want to get this energy out too. So literally, it's good to run before you work out, especially when you weightlift because it helps build muscle better that way. Especially in your legs. Yeah, so, and I and today was leg day, so meow. <laughs> well, I mean, so overall, long I guess long story short, you've been very busy with a lot of stuff. And mm-hmm. it is, has like I said, it has been hard for us between working and... That's why we haven't done a podcast in a while, and we are sorry about that. Yeah, but we're trying to get back on top of it. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm, I'm glad that within the past few weeks, we've been releasing an episode weekly, and not just whenever we can. And also, I'm eating whole wheat rice right now, and it's actually really good. You mean brown rice? Yeah, I mean brown rice. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, because it's not exactly wheat. Rice is a grain, but yeah. white rice is like... Yeah. Enriched, I guess. But, yeah. yeah, but this is good brown rice. I mean, you know, I've always had white rice, and it, it's good, mm-hmm. but it's not healthy for you. Yeah. Yeah, so brown rice is a lot better, so that's why I'm doing brown rice right now. So, I know we usually do... We try to come up with different stuff every week, but I figured this time, you know, a lot of people seem to like the unpopular opinion on horror they movies. really? Yeah, we got a good amount of listens and views on that one. I mean, we only got, we only done the one so far. Yeah, we've only done the one, and it's been a few weeks since we've done that one, but I'm glad that a lot of people liked it, and I do enjoy having those kind of conversations, because it is fun to discuss, especially when you're really passionate about something like horror movies, and you know, like, you've seen a bunch of them, and you have, like, ones that you like a lot, ones you don't like so much, and there's reasons, of course. So, like we mentioned last time... We're not going to push our opinions on you. A lot of these are opinions that I found online, and we will discuss them and, you know, our general point of view. It's not to say that our opinions are better or that you have to listen to our opinions. You can con- come to your own conclusion about how you feel about these movies. So there's a, yeah, so there's but a filter, but no filter. It's just a fun discussion overall to have. So let's discuss, everyone. Yay. 
I was trying to say, we will probably only have time to talk about four of them. Three of them are from my list of opinions that I found online. And one is actually going to be my own personal opinion. And Colin, if you have a personal opinion you would like to share, you can express it if we have time. That's only, again, if you want to. You don't have to. Uh, but it has to, remember, it has to be an unpopular opinion. Let me see. Unpopular opinion. You don't have to think of anything right now, uh, but let's let's just go through, and if anything comes to your mind, hold it till the end, okay? Yeah. All right. So the first one I've got is four horror movies are much better than anything Hollywood has ever put out. How do you feel about that? You know, I mean, it's actually a very good point there, and I feel yeah. like that is the foreign films are actually a lot better in some ways, mm-hmm. especially with story. Um, characters, um, the dialogue I think is fucking hilarious, especially the way they talked back then, because they were using uh, American sub... Uh, um, they dubbed a lot they of dubbed things in with English. Ameri- they dubbed everything in English. Especially in Dario Argento films. Like, yeah. uh, Italian films in general are actually a lot better than di- goddamn Hollywood. I think Italian horror films are way more gruesome than anything I've seen from I mean, American I have a f- horror films. I mean, I have a few favorites. I have the... And they're good. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that they're bad. Yeah. I generally... Suspiria I mean, has always been my top favorite, so... Suspiria is a good one. It's not my personal favorite, but I did watch Demons not too long ago, and that was terrifying. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of, like, a demonic version of Night of the Living Dead. But a it way was, it more was gruesome version. May, yeah. Way more gruesome and grotesque, especially in the way that they made these people look once they became possessed. Boom. It was very... And it didn't... And it, it was so interesting, too, about how they describe demonic possession because it wasn't just like these people had summoned a demonic entity by accident. These people were selected at random to show up to this movie showing and... At some point along the way, people were starting to get infected by this virus that was turning them into these uh, savagely grotesque-looking demonic monsters. And it's just so crazy because it's like, on one hand, they're trying to get out of this movie theater that at some point in time has become impossible to escape from, while simultaneously trying to keep themselves alive by not getting infected by these monsters. You know what I mean? I just think it's very interesting. The ending was interesting, too. I think at some point along the way, during the um, the third act, it got a little out of control and a little, like, off the beaten path a bit, but I thought it overall was a pretty interesting movie. Yeah. Yeah, and I know that there's, like, hundreds of different examples we can do, but even, like, Asian horror films are really good, too. Oh, yeah. There's a, I've heard of a lot of good ones that have came out in recent years that... A lot of people have recommended it is a good movie. You should go check it out. So there's again good examples. I of will. I will say one that I like. It was based. Um, they made a remake of it in 2009 called The Uninvited, but oh, it was yeah. but it has a different name and I forgot what it was. But that's a good one. And um, there was one back in the 20s too that was kind of like really really freaky. Mm-hmm. They were basically wearing masks and they're like doing like it's like i think they're like in a psych ward or something it was really weird really yeah i forgot what it was called but it was something like i think madness is in the name or something it was like like a really long name i'll check the name later and stuff and if i i don't know remember i'll probably say in the next episode just to mention it Mm -hmm. so that's what i'll probably do but 
Um, I will say my favorite films um, are Suspiria, um, Phenomena, 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 it was this movie with Jennifer Connelly. It's a Dario Argento film that has her and Donald Pleasant in it. Okay. And it's like it's a very it's a very gory film, but it's very fantasy like too. And it was weird. And it's like this was a year before they filmed Labyrinth. Yeah. But I just think it's or they it's, released Labyrinth. It's yeah. cool too because it's like even if you don't watch a whole lot of foreign films, yeah. The fact that like some audiences in America have received them pretty well in mm. high reviews says yeah. something. Like, this movie was totally terrible. Like, the, I think there's one called The Parasite. That's an Asian horror film. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people said that that is terrifying. It has a lot of good twists and turns that really, like, throw you in for a loop. Is that an older film or newer film? It's more recent. Okay. More recent film. Recent, everyone. I kind of want to watch it, but yeah. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. If we can ever get our hands on a copy. Also, there's another form films. They're not scary, but Bollywood films are really good, too. Yeah, but we're looking for horror. I know, but I think Indian films should release more horror films, but they didn't. I know. But, but I mean, actually, uh, and yeah, you were just talking about Parasite, right? The Parasite is an Asian horror film. I don't know what, specifically which part of Asia it's produced from. It made, it won, it won an Academy Award for Best Film. Good. Yeah. Good. I know. And I think film too, of the year too. And I think too, it's also best to try to keep this in mind when you take in horror films is that each country has a different type of culture and how they perceive certain genres. Because look at France and how they perceive romances and drama. Look at most of Europe, like Germany and Romania, you know, and places that really specify in horror genres, they're a lot more different than how we perceive horror mm-hmm. in America. So each culture has a different, con- like each country, like I said, has a different concept in their culture of how horror is perceived. Yeah. That's why when you watch, like say you do watch a horror film from Italy and it doesn't make sense to you as an American, well, it may not make sense to you because your culture is different from Italy. That's how they, per- again, based on their own culture, that's how they perceive horror. And I think it's very creative, and it's really interesting, and it's very insightful into that side of their culture, where, especially you know, when it comes to filmmaking, because everyone is different. Everybody creates film differently. So next one I've got on my list is The Conjuring Cinematic Universe is one of the best mainstream horror franchises of all time. Now, I think now is a really good time, especially bringing this up, to bring up one of two things. First of all, you watched the third one, right? The Devil Made Me Do It? No. No? Mm. I did. And I gotta say, in my personal opinion... You didn't really like it? It's not that I didn't like it. I thought it was well put together. I just don't think it was as scary as the, the first, first two. One. Yeah, first well, the one. first two. Because Conjuring 1 was pretty terrifying, but Conjuring 2 was scary as shit. Especially when you watch like the credits roll at the end, and they play the actual footage from that case. Mm-hmm. It's very chilling. But when you watch, you know, The Devil Made Me Do It, it's. I think it focuses more on the investigative side of this case rather than the paranormal and the uh, spiritual side of all of it. 
because it focuses more on the fact that, and spoiler alerts for those who haven't watched it yet, but it focuses on the fact that there is witchcraft behind all this and some form of Satanism mm-hmm. than actual ghosts and paranormal activity and that kind of concept, which is mostly familiar from the first two movies and even the Annabelle movies, which are part of that cinematic universe. But which ones have you seen so far? Uh, I've seen Conjuring 1 and 2. I've seen Annabelle. Annabelle. I don't know if I saw the other ones, but I saw... Annabelle 2 was pretty good. Annabelle 2, I think, was really... Is that the one where they're the apartment and stuff like that? No, that's Annabelle. Oh, that's the first one. Okay. Annabelle was good. Annabelle kind of opens the door into what you would expect this part of the franchise to go. Mm -hmm. Annabelle 2 creation is more of a prequel story of how Annabelle came to be. Which is pretty terrifying because it opens up showing how the doll came to be. But then by the end you start to see how feeds into the beginning plot of part one. Which is the the couple with the baby and the neighbors and and the whole satanic killing in the beginning. Mm -hmm. It's all relative to the Annabelle creation. Mm -hmm. And then Annabelle Comes Home, which is the third installment, picks up where... The first one left off. So after they get rid of the doll, and I'm trying to remember what her what this actress's name is, but the ending, this woman decides I'm going to sacrifice myself to save my friend and her baby, so that this demon doesn't try to take her innocent soul and whatever. Yeah, so she basically sacrificed herself. She did, but then the doll disappears, and then we're like, what? What the hell happened to the doll? But then we find out that it did get picked up, and the Warrens did take it and they brought it home to their house where their occult museum is and then that's where it kind of feeds into the plot it's where it kind of feeds into the plot of Annabelle 3. Here's the thing I didn't like about the doll it was just the way it looked you can tell that that thing looked evil well again Hollywood because you know what a raggedy Ann doll looks like. Why can they just do that a normal raggedy Ann doll because it's Hollywood they suck. It's Hollywood. Hollywood, Hollywood would Holly- do better than Hollywood this. Hollywood likes to glorify things by making it seem ten times more extravagant than what the original story was about. <sighs> Hollywood is basically a toilet with a bidet on it. Sure, I like a bidet. That's good and everything. But they're like shit but trying to make it nice looking. It's like Psycho. Which we're going to get into a little bit. But it's like mm. Psycho. Psycho is based off of the story of Ed Gein, and they totally glorified his story to make Psycho. I mean, yeah. I mean, was he probably infatuated with his mother? Yeah. Did he kill women who looked like his mother? Yeah. Yeah. But he wasn't like Norman Bates type either. He wasn't like that nice guy, was he? He wasn't dressing up like his mother and killing people in his mother's name. Was he a nice guy, though? He seemed nice when he was Norman Bates, but as. I think Norma Bates was his mom's name, or whatever the fuck his mom's name was. I don't know. She was a psychopath. That move, that, that Norman Bates just freaks me the fuck out. I've I think, seen the sequels. I do want to check them out. But anyway, we're getting a bit off track here. But I digress. Again, we digress extremely. But I think that, especially based on the modern horror films that came right before The Conjuring, so like you had Paranormal Activity, you had The Blair Witch Project, you had... 
um, Insidious and all those movies, which some of them were actually all produced by James Wan or directed by James Wan. And he's kind of like sealed his mark on ghost story movies, which are really good. And granted, I myself don't particularly like, I don't care for the trope of over explaining why things happen. I think that that is pretty redundant when you have a scene in the first half of the movie that has the main characters explain why these people are being possessed, how possession works, how hauntings work, and so on and so forth, only to have a plan in place and then for, only for that plan to not really resolute itself if the entity is just going to come back and torment people. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. It just yeah. doesn't make sense to me. It really doesn't. But that said, it still holds a lot of fear and terror into a lot of its scenes. And I think it's pretty cool how they they take a bit of everything that they've learned from previous years of horror filmmaking and applied it to The Conjuring. And I think it's a really good concept. And I like, I've always been fascinated with the Warrens themselves. Like I said, I've always wanted to do an episode of talking about them a little bit more in depth. Especially going over cases that they themselves have covered, not just the ones that are covered in the uh, movies. Mm-hmm. And I've actually, when you, and this is something I had spoken out loud to another person, like off the record, but when you watch Annabelle Creation, right? Yeah. Annabelle Creation, and I'm going to say this for the entire Conjuring cinematic universe, but each movie has an Easter egg that gives away a bit of foreshadowing into what the next movie is going to be about. Yeah. That's part of that cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, the first, the very first Conjuring movie had that opening scene with the Annabelle doll. And then after that came the Annabelle movie. And then from Annabelle, we got Annabelle Creation. And from Annabelle Creation, there's a scene in Annabelle Creation where there's a nun who's in charge of all these orphaned girls who were taken in by this elderly couple who had lost their daughter, Annabelle. And you're not paying attention because you're on your phone. I am. Sorry. I am listening. But anyway, there's always little scenes that foreshadow something. And again, spoiler alert, but there's a scene in Annabelle Creation. It's the second film from from the Annabelle lineup. So Annabelle 2 is about this elderly couple who lost their daughter in a car crash. And later on take in this entity that they believed was their daughter to inhabit this doll that her father like the father had built the father was a doll maker long story short they opened up the rest of their home to these group of orphan girls who are all being cared for by a nun mm-hmm. right yeah and she's explained like she's got this picture of a group of nuns from a convent in Romania mm-hmm. at least I think it's Romania I might be wrong but there's four of them Right? Mm -hmm. And she's telling him, like, you know, there's this convent. And I know there's a term for it. I'm blanking on the term right now. So it's a convent where it's strictly just the women, like the nuns, the mother superior. It's just them. They don't have any contact with the outside world or even people in the neighboring villages and towns. And they don't even have direct contact with people who bring in their supplies and necessities. Like, they just... They unload everything in, like, a shed, and then they bring in everything from that shed themselves. Like, they don't they don't talk to anybody. They just keep amongst themselves. But as this 
nun in Annabelle 2, turning with Sister Charlotte, she's showing the father this picture, and he points to the side of the, like, frame of the picture, and he's like, who's that? And you can see it's a very, it's very grainy and, like, gradient on the side, but you can see it's the nun figure from the nun movie. That makes her very first appearance in Conjuring 2, which I think may have came out after Annabelle 2. Yeah. So there's there's only like I said there's always this little nugget of information that gets explained prior to the release of the movie in which the character is based on. So I had a theory when watching Annabelle Comes Home, which takes place at the Warrens' house with all of the occult items, because they, they they highlight multiple of different types of artifacts that come to life and they haunt and torment the residents of this house. I think that one of them is going to be the next movie in the Conjuring universe. I think so, too. I have a feeling it's going to be. Because, I mean, it would be interesting, too, to see more stories about stuff like that. Because at one point they showed a haunted wedding dress. They also showed a haunted samurai uniform. They showed a haunted... Um, a haunting like looking fog amidst outside of the home mm-hmm. where a animalistic demon like hunts people who ever walk through this fog. It's really strange. Like but a wendigo? I wouldn't say a wendigo, but something like that. It's just very bizarre. I just think it would be cool to have a, a separate movie like this where you go a little bit more further into detail like they did with the Annabelle movies and show the origins of how they came to be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's but that that's one thing I like about the Conjuring universe. I like a lot of things about it, but I think that's that's the one thing I've noticed about it that I think is very interesting about the entire movie franchise lineup. But what do you think? I mean, for me per se, when I was I don't know, when I tried to watch those movies, I just really couldn't because they came later when there was already that huge popular demon possession genre that was mm-hmm. going on through that decade yeah and i think this that was the worst decade for horror movies it's like just because it was all just yeah. demon possession i mean i get it you want to you know make a, a a genre that was so big years and years before that and you try to revitalize it but don't do one movie after another that it all is is just supernatural demon possession because we all know how it goes from the beginning middle and end yeah. So, and these movies are good and stuff, but I just feel like they're just all the same recycle shit. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, and you gotta think of it this way, too. When people when people create things, right, some of it is never just an original idea. It's always inspired from something else. I know, but then so, once that movie becomes popular, then there's a list of other damn movies in the same genre as that to well, make it popular, too. It's... Because, see, I don't want to be that person who's like, well, it shouldn't be too hard to take influence from something without it being a complete money grab opportunity to completely, in some way, revitalize it as their own. But it was kind because, of, yeah. Because when you watch, like, when you watch found footage films, like Blair Witch and... Which we're about to talk about. Yeah, but, like, when you watch found footage films like Blair Witch and Paranormal Activity... And every single one of them that came after it, it's the same formula. Just like a slasher movie. There's always a formula in which the, that's, the, that's plot, the plot layout yeah. is the same. Almost every time. Sure, it could be a little bit different in some ways, but at the end of the day, you're, 
you're pulling inspiration from something that was a huge success in its day and you're trying to make it a success on your own and it may not be received well if you don't do it right. That's the best way I can try to interpret this because do you want to move on? I feel like this is a good segue to the next one. Did you have any other opinion? Like, no. Okay. So another unpopular opinion a lot of people have voiced is that they feel like the Blair Witch Project is just okay. Like, it's not good, but it's not bad. It's just okay. Well, for me, I grew up, I actually I lived down in Salisbury, Maryland, so 30 minutes away from me was actually the whole Blair Witch thing. So the scene of where the Blair Witch Project she, was taking yeah, place. Yeah, where she was from and everything, yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. Which kind of freaked me out as a kid. I, however, am not one who can really get into found footage films. And it's mainly because I already have problems trying to focus on things visually. I just got new prescription glasses like a month ago. And while, yeah, I'm still adjusting to those, it's just this really... It's so dumb, but like found footage is my least favorite cinemagraphic style. I don't like the shakiness. I don't like not being able to see what's happening. And I get that showing less is more scary than actually seeing the monster, but I wanna see the monster. I wanna know what it is that they're looking at. I don't want to like look at a grainy picture of whatever it is they're like freaking out over and then trying to make heads or tails of what it is mm. it's like just show me what the fucking thing is like when they were like panning over and trying to show like oh look at what we see in the woods and it's like all these little like hand strung like stick models I don't know what the fuck you're looking at because you're in the middle of the woods where there's already sticks and branches everywhere. Mm -hmm. How the fuck am I supposed to see, again, in grainy, like, filters? What the fuck am I looking at? And then when I try to focus too hard on something while the shaky camera motion is going on, then I start to get motion sickness. And I don't like that. You know, Colin, I don't like getting motion sickness, especially in your car. Shut up, Alda. Anyway, I don't like found footage movies, so I can agree that The Blair Witch Project is just okay. I think the best part about that movie is the last 10 seconds of the movie. Even Especially though you with the guy in the corner? Yeah, you don't see what's happening, but you can hear the woman screaming, and then all of a sudden, like, nothing. But if he, if it makes me wonder, too, like, if he's just standing in the corner... What's going to happen to him? Because the camera doesn't do anything after a while. And he's just standing there. So who's to say that, like, he do- he's not dead either? But then again, I've never watched the sequel to The Blair Witch. Yeah. So. But I don't really like shaky found footage films. That's fine. I, like I said, I mean, it's not my favorite. That's why I don't like, I don't like Paranormal Activity. I don't like... A lot of the found footage ones. I also think the found footage ones where it's all taken from the point of view of somebody's laptop camera. That's why I really don't like Roanoke. Oh, the American Horror Story season? Because that's a found footage episode. That was the one exception for me. What? Because it wasn't too out of focus. Lame. I could still see everything that was happening. Mm. See, but that's the thing about, like, that's the difference between what we've already seen Versus what one person has done with that type of subgenre. 
Like, Ryan Murphy took the idea of, like, okay, I'm going to make the first half, like, a documentary where you interview the real people and then you dramatize them with actors, right? Mm -hmm. And then the second half was, we're going to follow them with cameras and do a whole reality show on it. Which is interesting, but they did it in a way that made it so clear that you can see everything that was happening. And even, like, people with multiple cameras on them. So you got to see all point of views, not just one camera that was so shaky and out of focus that you never saw half of the shit that was actually going on most of the movie. Yeah. But yeah, I do agree. The Blair Witch Project is just fine. Not good. It's not bad. You don't have anything to add? No. It's just okay. All right. Uh, So this is my personal unpopular opinion again it's just for fun it's just for discussion it's not meant to in i'm not enforcing my opinion on other people this is just me sharing my own opinion but earlier we had mentioned alfred hitchcock and we had mentioned psycho and you know aside from psycho he's only made a, a couple other horror films he's only made two really only two only two. All right, well. Psycho and the birds. Well, with that being said, my unpopular opinion is that I feel that The Birds was one of his better horror films than Psycho. Yeah. Yeah? You want to elaborate? Well, here's the thing. I've never seen the full-on Birds movie. I've only seen a few parts, clips, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But my mom was always scared shitless of The Birds. She hated it so much. Like, she used to freak her out. Mm-hmm. But Psycho was my favorite because I like that he's a nice guy, that he has all these problems, but no one realizes that this man has any issues, and this guy is fucked in the head, and yet he can get away with shit until later in the film when he finally brought himself out to look like a woman, like his mother, and they yeah, I mean, the, made the call, whole... and they attacked him from behind, got him, and then... Stole, took him away to see, jail. See, the fact that they chose that exact moment, like, I understand that that's the plot twist. And to some extent, it's an interesting plot twist. When you dissect it as a whole, as a movie, mm-hmm. it could be a very interesting plot twist in the whole horror genre industry. Exactly, yeah. And that's fine. I, however, feel like at any point in time, his identity as... Being, not only being the killer, but how he's, like, doing it all in the disguise of his mother, doing it all in the name of his mother, and going, like, targeting women who looked like his mother, that all you could have probably picked up way earlier on in the movie. You did not need to find out in those last ten minutes yeah. what was happening. Exactly. You could have just known from not really seeing... Norma's identity. So I feel like the fact that her identity has never actually been shown throughout the whole movie, but you can see like silhouettes, you can see glimpses of the dress and the hair, and you know, that should already tell you okay, there's a reason why her face itself is not being shown in these kill scenes. Why not? It's because it's not Norma who's actually doing the killings, it's because it's somebody else dressed like her. Exactly. Like, that should have been... And the thing is, too, and this is, again, the biggest difference between Psycho and the birds is that you can easily explain the reasonings why Norman is killing people 
You can't do that with birds. You can't do that with animals. You can't sit there and psychologically deduce why animals just suddenly decide for no reason, nothing whatsoever, says these birds are attacking these people for this reason. Nothing is ever brought up. It's speculated, but nothing is ever brought up. And it just happens out of nowhere. And because it's happening in a small community, like, because I'm, I'm assuming that from what I can see in the setting of Bodega Bay, it's a little island off the Cape Cod coast, again, I'm assuming, where you don't really have that connection to the rest of the, I don't want to say country, because it makes it sound like King's Head Island and Bob's Burgers, mm-hmm. where it's like, there's King's Head Island, and then there's, <laughs> we're from the mainland, America, like kind of situation. Yeah. Because at no point in time do we ever see these people... I mean, we see Melanie, Tippi Hendren's character, make a few phone calls to, like, people she knows back in New York City. But we don't ever see people ever try to reach out and see if these birds are attacking people in other places. We only know that they're attacking these people at Bodega Bay. Who's to say it's not happening in all parts of the world like the happening? Remember that? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And even that got explained. Like, there was a reason why these people were just jumping to their deaths and, like, committing mass suicides. And it was because plants have decided to revolt against the human race by emitting this natural gas that messes with their psyche and makes them want to kill themselves. Which is bizarre and it's terrifying because you can't live in a world without plants just like you can't live in a world without birds so even it's like no matter where you run or how far you go you can't escape millions of something like a what do you call it you can't escape a location like you know again you just can't live in a world without those things or living beings like plants or birds or you know certain animals like they're there you know you you can run and you can hide and yeah you can maybe try to defend yourself off from them for as long as you can but at the end of the day there's millions of birds millions of different type of birds around the world and as long as there's going to be a world with birds if you live in a world like this where birds just suddenly decide to attack you for no reason you're fucked that's why I think the birds is way more terrifying than Psycho. Yeah, because those It can't things, be explained. And plus, they can pluck your fucking eyes out. The scenes are terrifying because, again, it's like, there's, they're birds. Mm-hmm. How do you defend yourself from... I mean, one bird, yeah, I guess you can... You have a better chance of fighting off against one bird, but an entire flock of, like, 20 or more birds? That's insane. And, it, again, terrifying. Because, again, you can't... Like, how do you prepare for something like that? You don't. Exactly. How do you How do you prepare to, your, to defend yourself from a flock of, like, 20-plus birds? You can't. Unless you hide yourself inside some sort of structure where they can't get in. But even then they could get in. Because look at what happened at the end with Tippi Hendren's character. Again, she goes upstairs into one of those bedrooms and... They had chewed a huge hole in the ceiling, and there was hundreds of them in this one room. So they somehow managed to get into the house. So it's not like you can just wait it out forever, because eventually they do get in. It's just, it's bizarre to me. 
Mm-hmm. And it's, again, terrifying. That's why I feel like The Birds is way more terrifying than Psycho when you break down a lot of aspects about it. But that's just my, again, personal unpopular opinion. Yeah. Take it take it or leave it. I don't care. It's, again... Tomatoes, tomatoes, all the same. It's up for debate, but I'm not going to argue about it because at the end of the day, that's just how I feel. Exactly, and you can't it's change all, that. It's all based on feeling and perception and... You know, sometimes those things can't be swayed so easily. Exactly. So is there anything you can think of or want to end down with? You Do you have any unpopular opinions you can think of that you might I want to share? I don't have an un, uh, popu- unpopular opinion, but I do really wish that they made one back in the 80s. It would be actually kind of cool, especially with the special, special effects. For the, for the birds? No, 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 no. For a different movie. They never did this ever. Like this folklore. In the 80s? Yeah, they never did this type of folklore in the 80s. They never had a horror movie about Wendigo. Like, seriously. No, I'm sure they did. No. I'm sure they did. No, I looked it up. You looked up movies about Wendigos and nothing came up? There was movies about Wendigos, but no Wendigo horror movie from the 80s. You know how badass that would have been? Especially with the practical effects back then? Well, yeah, because... I mean, I'm sure... I, I mean, would love it. You can definitely write out the idea of a movie for a Wendigo, and then maybe someone can pick it up. I mean, they've done Someday. Wendigo movies, like, in the modern times and stuff like that, and even done mm-hmm. in what? One of the, the very first episodes of Supernatural was yeah. Wendigo. Yeah. Was it? Or yeah. was it the second episode? It, it was the second episode. Yeah, 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 that's but right. you got it, yeah. Yeah, see? I'm smart. You watch Supernatural, good for you. Yes, I do. So do I. And, yeah, I'm not just saying that because you're wearing the t-shirt right now. Yeah, I'm wearing my Supernatural t-shirt with my Jack Skellington pajama pants that I'm probably going to have to take off because it feels like it's mm. 85 degrees. In it here. really does. It's fucking hot. So yeah. we should kind of wrap up this episode so we can actually go and relax and I can watch some Merlin on TV. Yeah. Actually, I also came up with another unpopular opinion, but I'm going to save it for the next episode, which we might release next week. Yeah. Yeah, so... If you do like these ones, I'll definitely come up with either a Reddit thread of unpopular opinion conversations, or maybe even, like, I don't know, maybe a Instagram story on the Instagram account. Mm-hmm. Or even Colin on the Facebook page can post something about it on Instagram. What, of unpopular what's, opinions? What's an unpopular opinion you have on horror movies and see what happens? I don't really think there's going to be a lot of people. But, live, you know what? This might be a... this. Actually, you know, I think you're onto something. Because usually when I would come up with questions like that on Facebook, I usually get, like, a shit ton of people, like, kind of answering the question. But then again, there's probably going to be a lot of trolls, too. But you know what? There's got to be a few people actually have a really good opinion about that. Yeah, because, I mean, like I said, everybody has a different opinion about, like, movies in general or anything, really. You know, there's there's multiple sides to how you can feel about something. And, you know, whether it's horror movies or horror novels or shows and music, the, the like I always say about everything we've talked about, the possibilities are endless. So... Keep an eye out for those. You, like I said, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram. I'll post about the Reddit thread if I do decide to do a Reddit thread. Because I think the Reddit threads would be really interesting. There's a bunch of trolls on Reddit. But if you want us to mention your names in the next ones coming up, then we'll make that known in your comment. 
Yeah, is there a Carl out there? Carl? Yeah, isn't he one of the people that uh, hit us up on Twitter? No, we don't have Twitter anymore, remember? Oh, awkward. More awkward than finding out my name at Pet Supplies Plus is Alda. That, that was amazing. I was so happy when they were just like, um, is this under Alda Jones? I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> like, it's with a smiley face and everything. Like, my face lit up. I had... So, to give you some context, Colin went to the pet store today to buy more dog food. For the baby. Yes. And they have, like, a membership program for the type of dog food that we buy. And my name is on that membership, but it's misspelled because some jackass didn't listen to me when they spelled it out. And they wrote down Alda instead of Aaliyah. So... When she pulled up the account name today in front of Colin, she's like, Alda? And he's like, I'm sorry, what? She's like, this is under an Alda Jones? Is that your fiancé? He's like, you could say that. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy when she said that. And in my mind, I'm thinking, Aaliyah's going down. <laughs> like, Well, yeah, because I've always known that that's the name that they chose to put on. It's, it says that in all of my circulars that get sent to my mom's house. All the coupons that they've sent me, all that bullshit, is always under Alda Jones. I don't know why they do it, but that's what it says. It's like Chandler in Friends. Instead of having things mailed to his house as Chandler Bing, it's Chandler Bong. That's what it feels like in that aspect. But yeah, go ahead and follow us on social media if you'd like to. You can also become a Patreon still on our Patreon account. And I think that's it for business. So if you want to get a hold of us, this is how. I already did. Wow, that was quick. Anyway. You're not paying attention because you're playing around with some weird fucking pictures on your phone. Oh, yeah. No, I was naming the best trio. Anyway. Anyway. So this has been a happy... I don't know why I like stumped on that. It's been a while since you've done one of these with me. Yeah, I know. It's been a while. All right. So this has been an Abby Normal Podcast episode. I am your host, Colin Bourne. And I'm Aaliyah. Signing off saying, eat your veggies. As always, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We are currently on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Be sure to give us a like, subscribe, or a nice review for our podcast. It helps boost our show positively. You can also follow us on Instagram and now on TikTok.